had this said to me at least three times this week by mm -hmm. different parents. They will say to me, thank you so much for saying you have a vision of my child doing this or that. Mm -hmm. All I ever hear is what expectations not to have. Is that right? And I think that's one of the things, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of have a short list, but that drew me to RDI. And one of them was when I first met you and Dr. Gutstein, you had such a high expectation mm -hmm. for the lives of the children. And it wasn't a false high expectation. No. It wasn't, I'm just saying this to make you feel better, though you like to make people feel better, but it was founded in reality. And I just, my heart hurts for parents that they get told, mm, you know, you shouldn't maybe have some of those dreams. And I remember when my son was diagnosed, it's now, He's 25, so 23 years ago, I'm sure a very well-meaning uh, doctor told us, you need to focus on your daughter and put your efforts there because mm -hmm. there's not really a lot we yeah. can do for him. And I guess I can go, well, that's 23 years ago, but I hate to hear that parents mm -hmm. are still getting this feedback. And Catherine, when I think about the children that we know who are on the spectrum and they're Actually, they're wonderful parents, you know, these parents who put so much energy into thinking about them and planning for their future. I love that we have the parents write a mission preview. And a mission preview can be very hard because just like you said, when you get the diagnosis, you can also get a very bad perception of what the future might be. So when you say, let's write a mission preview, what is it that you would like to see? Parents almost sometimes say, I can't go there again. I just can't go there. And yet, if we don't go there, we're listening to the, we're listening to the narrative that is not going to get us anywhere. And so I think because our narrative, our particular narrative of let's write a mission statement, in six months, what would you like to see? Well, I would like to see Johnny meet me at the door and say, hey, Dad, can I carry your gym bag in? That's a great idea. That's a great mission statement. And it doesn't mean that we don't have different mission statements for when a child is 21. But just like when we're working with our children and we say, how do you reward yourself for the small steps? We say to the parents, how do you feel rewarded for the small steps as well? Because if we're thinking only about that big picture, like I'm not going to be happy until I've lost 20 pounds, I can't be happy with the day where I didn't eat ice cream. <laughs> probably, exactly. I'm probably happier on a day when I eat ice cream, but you know yeah, what I mean. For sure. <laughs> but I think those, I think being able to say, actually, we have the same dreams for our children. There's a different roadmap now, but we don't have to give up our dreams is very important. I think what you said, we don't have to give up our dreams. That statement is so key. Yeah. And to some extent, we have to, I guess, emotionally inoculate parents to those voices mm -hmm. uh, that are, are telling them otherwise. Yeah. 
because those can be very loud voices. Even if they're not loud, they can be heard loud. And part of, um, I think part of that inoculation is to accept where we are. And nobody wants to hear the diagnosis, your child has autism. Nobody says, oh, great, I'm so excited. Nobody wants to hear that diagnosis. So we have to say, what's your reaction to that diagnosis? Where are you right now? Are you trying to do everything? Or are you at a point where you say, okay, that's where, that's where we are. How do we move forward? And it's very different because some people are in crisis. And if we don't recognize what that crisis looks like, we're going to stay in crisis. And crisis is something that you and Dr. Gustine have talked about so long for parents, but that a lot of times they never get talked to about where are they and so they can stay there. Mm -hmm. It yeah. seems strange, I think, to people who haven't experienced it, but they can stay there a long time. And we also have slogans, you know, that, that make it hard for us to move past that. Mm -hmm. Because the slogan that comes to mind is, no stone left unturned, you know, and parents will say that to me, I'm going to do everything. There will be no stone left unturned for me. And meanwhile, they're taking a very vulnerable child and they're making that child more vulnerable because they're rushing the child here and they're rushing the child there. And so, you know, in RDI, we say we slow down to speed up. One of the things that we mean, slow down, take your time. Where is your child? What's the next step, and how do you move forward? Another slogan that I can remember years ago a, a parent saying to me is, well, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And we move those eggs around too much, they're going to crack, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, the sentiment, but... Um, that's kind of like the yeah. stone on you know, it's kind of, you put the and egg both, and the stone together and you have a, yeah. a mess. And both of those, both of those come from a place of fear, a fear of the future, a fear of whether your child is going to be independent. I mean, and probably unnamed fears that I've never thought about. Absolutely. And, and as a parent, I, I understand wanting to feel like you have researched, wanting to feel like you've studied, wanting to feel like you've devoted. I think what's hard is helping people understand that um, doing, doing everything is, is and feeling like I've got to find everything, everything out there um, puts you in a panic state. And I think another part of that is coming to the realization that this is still your child and you are still the parent and you're the best parent for your child you know it's it seems a little bit unfair that your child has to deal with this but you're still the best parent for this child that you have you don't have to give you up your dreams you can maybe go in a different direction uh, to get there but it's still your child and in RDI that's the one thing that we can't let go this is still your child we're going to help your child become a better apprentice to you. Well, for me, with autism, the biggest tragedy would be if the parents lost that relationship with their child. 
and came to not have a feeling of that child being theirs. I, I think that's truly the worst thing. And turned over, um, and turned over what's happening with the child to professionals instead of taking that child in and working on the relationship and helping the child become a good apprentice to them. I know I've said that before, but the guiding relationship has to do with parents understanding that they're in charge of helping their child's mind develop, not somebody else. And so it's not uh, it's it's not uh, just learning new things, not learning static information, but developing a flexible a flexible neurological system. So at some point, the child takes on his own learning, just as other children do, who are not dealing with autism. And the most beautiful thing is to watch parents go from one state of feeling like, while they might not be able to put a name on it, they don't have that guiding relationship that might have come naturally to seeing them fully have that guiding relationship and knowing that they're going to have it it's it's there now yeah and it feels so different it feels as some parents will say it feels more normal <laughs> and what they mean by that is i'm not spending all of my time trying to get my child to do something and that getting a child to do something is pretty destructive because you're turning you're turning a child with dreams of his own into a more of a passive learner which is feed me the information I'll learn it and I'll spit it back which isn't what we want we want the children to say I wanted to learn about this this is what I think I need to take on next this is where I'm stuck and I've been in situations with pretty young children where they have said, this is what I need to work on. Now, most children who are pretty young don't think about that or they can't say it, but our children actually can say this because they're more aware of who they are and the things that they need to do to, in the end, become independent as adults. Um, you know, as you've been talking today, I've been thinking about we started our conversation talking about being able to have high expectations and then I've kind of morphed I suppose to being able to have expectations because a lot of what we're talking about are just expectations that you'll parent your child I don't think anybody with a neurotypical child would think I'm having a high expectation to think I will parent my child and so we're really talking about just typical expectations and and that parents can have those and indeed they do get told that they shouldn't think that they can so it's interesting how i've come to see what we're talking about at this point is just what should be yeah and to um to to make a little bit of an adjustment and that adjustment being Okay, today was the day that my child did this. Today was the day my child came up and said to me, or today was the day my child took out toys and played on his own in a creative way. So those kinds of things, which if you have a, if you, if your child is typically developing, you might not notice, 
But I have to tell you, if you ever have a child on the spectrum, you notice every one of those things with your typically developing children and you celebrate them. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I always work in an opportunity to talk about my new granddaughter. <laughs> so I notice everything and everything yeah. seems amazing. Um, and it is amazing. I think we're wonderfully made. I think, you know, those little things are big and uh, that's what makes them so important. So, um, I know you have a wonderful grandson, so we, we both are on that same page. Yeah. We're about to talk about our grandchildren, but we won't. We'll try not to veer, um, but it's a beautiful thing. And I think one of the most beautiful things about the work that you and Dr. Gutstein have done is you have given parents real hope, uh, a hope of, as you say, and as he says, um, it's something we're going to have to work toward. Uh, it will be a mindful guiding. Uh, it is going to be something that we're in process on, but you can get there. And I love it when when I see children taking on their own learning and they're, they're like those little shoulders go back it's like bob the builder yes i can <laughs> can you do it yes i can 